0: Hey folks, I'm Chris. Hey, and I'm James. Did you know that the state of Delaware has had only one serial killer since its creation?
1: Did you know that the state of Arizona has one of the best cases of alien abduction on record?
0: Did you also know that famed untouchable Elliot Ness was thwarted by the Cleveland Torso Murderer?
1: What in the world? That sounds absolutely terrifying.
0: Are you ready for a road trip? If so, please join James and I each episode as we discuss all this and more on State of Fear podcast.
1: Ride shotgun on our dark and wonderful ride down America's byways and highways as we unravel the strange and macabre in your state
0: state of fear where the things that go bump in the night are in your backyard I'm Emily and I'm Joel
1: and you are listening to drink drunk
0: dead Dead.
1: you might hear our kitties in the background they are certainly having a little bit of fun tonight very active (laughs) for once on the show they'll be a little active maybe so we just got back from our spring break and we took a nice little vacation we went to Myrtle Beach Beautiful. It was gorgeous. And we had such a good time. And we did not do any haunted tours while we were there. It was all sunshine and happiness and no death.
0: You bitched out of the Ripley's Haunted Tour.
1: I did not bitch out of the Ripley's Haunted Tour. I didn't think you would appreciate you were the gore. You're
0: too scared. But it's okay. I won't judge you.
1: I feel very off tonight. We are trying a new setup this evening so hopefully we can get the volume up on our show because i know it's been a little quiet and it's something that we're working on trying to make a little better for you so it's easier to appreciate at home and on the go because because hey, we are
0: something to be appreciated
1: we're just so awesome don't you want to listen to more uh-huh 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 nudge nudge
0: uh-huh. Like, is that how it goes
1: that's how it goes <laughs> so at the beginning of this episode you heard uh a trailer for a show called State of Fear. And the hosts of that are Chris and James. And I really enjoy listening to that show. I've only... I think they're on episode five or six now, and I've only listened to the first four. It's a relatively new show. The two hosts actually have another show, which you would have heard a preview for, or a trailer for, on episode seven for us last week, called What the Suck. That one is very... If you're an MST3K kind of fan, you will love that that podcast. But it's the same guys that do that, reviewing corny old horror movies, and they're hysterical when they do this. What the suck is really, really non PC. I would say that State of Fear is a little it's a little more what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. It's more laid back it's chill it's chill. calmer they get really wound up they get really wound up when they're doing what the suck they're definitely more chill when they do state of fear and the idea of state of fear is that um, every episode is a different it a, has a story of some kind of paranormal event from a different state and they're going in alphabetical order so i think they just did california recently
0: go start singing the song Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas. I have no
1: idea what that song is. I've never heard that song before. I don't know what that is.
0: Learned it in like fourth grade.
1: Uh, The only song I remember was Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. Hurrah! Hurrah! Never heard that one. (laughs) For the planets. (sighs) You didn't learn that one? No. (laughs) I loved that one, but that's all I know is the first part. I don't remember how
0: and Pluto is probably in your song.
1: Pluto is still in my song. Pluto is a planet. Y'all can suck it. Anybody who says Pluto isn't a planet, Jesus Christ, cat, get out of here. What are you doing? Just being an ultimate pain in the ass tonight.
0: Uh-huh. And it's not auto this time.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. State of Fear is... It's. I would say it's not as funny, but it's a really good show. And they've got some really cool... Stories that I hadn't heard before. Yeah. I was enjoying it.
0: Got nice voices too.
1: They do. They have really pre- pleasant voices. <sighs> James kind of makes me think he sounds like a mountain man. He sounds like somebody maybe from what was Duck Dynasty a little bit, but not too. He's like Duck Dynasty light, or maybe like Bobby from Supernatural, but, but he no doesn't calorie say idiot.
0: version. Of Duck Dynasty. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like the Bud Light of Duck Dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're really funny. I enjoy them. I highly recommend you go out and check out State of Fear. It's a relatively new podcast, but these guys are definitely experienced podcasters. They've been around for a while. So this is just one of their new projects. What are you drinking tonight?
0: Jack and Coke again. Did Although get- it's Jim and Coke.
1: Did you get the honey? I lied. Did you get Honey Jim?
0: It is. It's not as good as the Jack. But it's still good. Can't complain. Alcohol is alcohol. Mm -hmm. Except for Vlad. Vlad is not alcohol.
1: Mad Dog isn't really either. Yes, it is. It freezes. It's a Fruit
0: Loop alcohol.
1: It's Gross. (laughs) No, I can't drink it. I'm doing Captain and Coke tonight. I would definitely prefer to do Sailor Jerry in Coke, but... You got a really good deal. Yeah, the liquor store had a deal on the big, huge, gigantic, like, handle of Captain. Kind of be stupid not to get it, right? Yeah. Okay, I guess we'll go with that. It'll work. It's been a little crazy around here. We had originally planned to have co-hosts every... Once a month. So, at the end of every month. But with... My, my other co-host that I had planned to come on, she w- had gotten sick. And then now with the coronavirus, our school is closed and basically everything's really kind of on quarantine and we're not going anywhere. So here we are. You get to hear our lovely voices again.
0: Yeah. Lucky you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had a little fun fact for you about Myrtle Beach. Actually, I have a few fun facts for you I want to tell you today. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So the first one's about... I'll tell you my first goofy fun fact first. First I English do good.
0: Yes, you do. Every episode I you make does sentences. Do. You I string them together. Somehow.
1: Yeah, if I <laughs> if I can't proofread it, I'm fucked. <laughs> and I can't proofread my brain. No, right. No. Okay, so my first one, I was listening to an episode of And That's Why We Drink, and they were talking about these two sisters that had committed some murder in the early 1900s in France. And one of them had been sentenced to death by guillotine. And I was like, what? Guillotine to me just was all uh, the revolu- the French Revolution okay. in the 1700s. You know, off with the heads and all that. I don't know. Whatever. Sounds let like let them like a, eat cake. And sounds like it could be like head, a whatever. Mary
0: Poppins song.
1: Off with their heads. Off with their heads. That would be terrible. No, I think that's more um, Alice in Wonderland because Disney was dark. So I was curious when I watched this episode. Jeez, cats. Curious, you know, how long the guillotine was around. And here is my little fun fact for you. The last execution by guillotine in France was of a convicted murderer. And it happened in 1977. It was like 200 years that they used this thing. During the French Revolution, it was so popular that guillotine earrings and toys were produced. Earrings? Earrings, uh-huh. Like functioning guillotines. Yep, huh. people would use them at home to chop their vegetables like a slap chop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder if that's where slap chops were invented from.
1: <laughs> I just thought, I, I couldn't believe it when I read that. It's 1977, a guillotine.
0: Uh-huh. I feel like that's more humane.
1: Maybe. It's a pretty lethal fast. a injection. Yeah. That's it's true. It's probably
0: the psychological effect of it, though.
1: Walking up to it. I, how's that any different than being strapped to a table and having somebody inject you with some poison? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If I have to go out that way, take me out by guillotine. It'll be quick.
0: Right. I want to go out by firing squad.
1: Mm-mm. What if they miss? They don't. And I had another little fun fact for you about. This one is about Myrtle Beach. Uh-huh. Because we had originally planned to record this while we were down there, but that didn't happen because we were just too busy, day drinking and then passing out by the time we got back. Right. Uh huh. Passing out. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yep. Uh huh. Anyway, so in August of two thousand eighteen, uh, an unnamed videographer was using time lapse video, and he was doing photography to capture an incoming storm over Myrtle Beach. So this is looking at, you know where the Ferris wheel was that we went by the boardwalk? The Ferris wheel, and it looks out over all the high-rises. And when they went back and they reviewed it, they saw that there were lights hovering above the shoreline. Guess what it was?
0: (laughs) Where was it? It's
1: a UFO! A UFO? It's a UFO. So they submitted the video to MUFON. Have you ever heard of MUFON?
0: No.
1: It's the Mutual UFO Network. Okay. So it's a big network, and it's been around wide a long time. And these are people that really, you send them their videos and they try to debunk and they, they do a lot of work to really say this is a legitimate unexplained UFO. Is it a hmm?
0: TV network? No, no. Know, it's online. like an
1: organization, yeah. So How do they get
0: funding for that?
1: It's probably privately funded, I would imagine. I don't know. I don't know that much about MoveOn. I just know that it exists and they, they work really hard to make sure that the videos that they get in, or whatever, that they verify these accounts and that what they're looking at makes sense as a UFO and that can't be explained by anything else. Mm-hmm. So they do a lot of work on those. Anyway, this was submitted to move on in October of that same year, 2018. Bless you, Emmett. And so I watched this video, and when I watched the video, I I had to watch it a few times because it was, it was hard to see the lights at first, but once you see them, it is so hard to not see them and what i could see was there were lights there's lights the ferris wheel and then the incoming lightning from the storm and then you see this series of multiple lights over the high-rise buildings and between the high-rise and the ferris wheel to me it looked like two separate series of lights almost like there were two ships over there Mm -hmm. and they were just they were up high so it it wasn't coming from the high-rises I thought that was really cool. I had a UFO in Myrtle Beach, our little vacation. You know how much I love Maybe UFOs. Maybe it was just
0: somebody playing with a laser pointer.
1: There would have been a lot of freaking laser pointers, though.
0: A lot of frat bros.
1: <laughs> that, that's true, but you'll have to see the video. I'll post, um, I'll post a link to the video so you can take a look at it and judge for yourselves. And Like I said, it took me a couple times of watching it before I really saw it, but once I saw it, it's pretty obvious that you're not you're looking at... Were little. both
0: sets moving together? Like could they weren't it moving; wind? they were hovering. Could it have been one big ship?
1: It might have been one big ship. I don't know. I am not a UFO expert. I just have a passion. Well, did
0: you shit together. Just, I'm
1: working on it. What do you think? Part of this podcast. I'm ray. Anyway, so if you remember last week, we told you about a chance to win a gift card and some fun prizes. So the gift card is going to be a Visa gift card. And then we're going to have a little package with some fun prizes and gifts from us. And if you want a chance to win this, you need to rate and review us on iTunes or retweet one of my episode clips on Twitter and- with a comment and then take a screenshot of I- either of those and email them to us at drinkdrunkdeadpodcast. That's not right. Drink Drunk Dead G. Podcast at gmail.com. I've been at this for a little while. Drink
0: Drunk Dead Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Oh, yes. I know how to piece together what she said. So you take a screenshot, you email it to Drink Drunk Dead Podcast at gmail.com. There we go. Chance to win some fun prizes. And this contest ends March 29th. So don't forget, we haven't gotten any emails yet, but this is also really new. It's only been up for
0: two weeks, a week.
1: It'll be. Based on our last episode, up for a week, but I did start tweeting a little earlier. But if you don't follow me on Twitter, then you don't know. Follow on Twitter. Drink, drunk, dead, duh. Duh. So this week we decided to do kind of, k- kind of. This week we decided to do paranormal getaways, paranormal vacations. What Can you,
0: you guess why? Because <laughs> we went on vacation.
1: We had a theme, like always. We're so original. Yeah. Yes. What was yours? Would you want to go first? Yeah. Uh, excuse me.
0: So, I actually found one, pretty close to where we were staying. Really? Yeah.
1: You didn't tell me what you were doing.
0: Well, it's not in Myrtle Beach, but it's close. It's Pauly's Island, South Carolina. So it's maybe thirty miles south. Down the coast from Myrtle Beach. It's
1: not too far. That's yeah, not very far at all.
0: This is the story of the Gray Man, as he is known.
1: Ooh, I like it already.
0: And he's a spirit who is seen on the coast of Polly's Island. I, b- I believe it's not pronounced Pauly's. P-A-W-L-E-Y-S. I don't know how else it would be pronounced.
1: I If somebody spells something at me, I can't. My brain just stops so trying to pick So it's paw it.
0: and then pa- lees. <laughs> lays. Paw lays maybe. I don't know. So uh, there's a lot of different <clears throat> stories that float about of who he actually is. Some think he is Percival Pauly, um which is who the, the island's namesake comes from.
1: Percival?
0: Percival. P e r c i v a l. I'm gonna just start spelling everything to confuse tits out of you.
1: <laughs> it's just it's a mm, name. Percival. Percival. Yeah. Percy.
0: Percy. Mm-hmm. Or another one is Plowden Charles, Genet Weston. Who Ginerette. is naming these people? <laughs> this is like the early 19th century, so. Oh okay. Um,
1: that, that you know that explains it all. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. He was uh, an early resident who owned a home on the coast, which is now Pelican Inn today. Never heard of it. Me either. Apparently, it's famous, though.
1: Not Uh, that famous, apparently. Well,
0: not to us, at least. I mean, shit, this is the first time we've gotten out of Pennsylvania in a while, so. That's fair. And then uh, another speculation is it's Edward Teach.
1: Ooh, okay. That's Blackbeard, right?
0: Blackbeard, right. right.
1: Um, oh, that's cool. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, but these are all all just speculations, right?
1: Why would they think Blackbeard?
0: I think just the way that things lined up.
1: Timing-wise, maybe?
0: Yeah. So, he's described as a man wearing gray clothing, a long coat, and uh, sometimes dressed like a pirate, and sometimes having no legs.
1: Does he just... Float around, torso only.
0: Sometimes, yeah.
1: What is dressed like a pirate?
0: What do you mean, what is dressed like a pirate? I mean, what's Jack Sparrow.
1: But really not, though, because that would have just been dressed for the period, not dressed like a pirate.
0: No. You look at somebody who would have walked the shopping centers, because they had those in 1820s. (laughs) And you look at a pirate and you can certainly tell the difference.
1: Do you think the golden age of piracy ran up into the 1800s? Yes. It didn't. Yes, it did. Ran into like the 1730s.
0: Yeah.
1: Same time frame. Right. Okay.
0: Plus or minus 50. There's always a tolerance. (laughs) I'm an engineer. I know these things. So, um, the most popular. Yo.
1: Excuse our kitties fighting in the background.
0: Bounce. Go fight somewhere else.
1: He's all heated now.
0: Good boy. Our cat is a dog. He listens. He stays and he plays fetch. And he does things for treats.
1: Yeah, and then our other freaking cat is a goat because he gets into all of our food. He'll eat anything.
0: We we walked in this afternoon with a pot that was sitting on on the stove and it was on the floor. He's it had also mac and cheese in it
1: he's also eaten through plastic bags to get to think to what pepperoni and cheese stuffed bread torpedoes he's also eaten uh, broken into plastic containers of cookies that cat is a goat
0: he is a goat and he's a bully anyways okay so the most popular uh, story suggests he was a man who was traveling from Charleston to see his fiance. In 1822, on the way, his horse and himself got caught in quicksand in the marshes before Polly's Island and died. So there were some that said, um, again, this is like the most popular, right, or the most common folklore at least. Some some say that it, he um, like got bucked off his horse and got knocked out and then drifted off into the into the ocean or what?
1: Quicksand really real like that? Are you serious? Like it can, people can get stuck in it? I, I yes. mean, I know quicksand is real, but I thought it was something that people didn't actually get stuck in.
0: Yeah. you can. Absolutely.
1: It makes me think of The Princess Bride. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? I've seen The Princess Bride. Yeah, when they're in the swamp with the R-O-U-S's and doesn't Wesley fall into the big old quicksand pit and start sinking?
0: I don't remember the movie.
1: Well, that's I've too bad. Seen it, I don't remember because it because that movie is timeless.
0: You're I'm timeless.
1: Oh, ca- that was cute. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting laid tonight. Oh,
0: remember this, okay? <laughs> Hold on, let me clip this and I'll set it and play it back for you later. Let me get back to my well, damn what story. What were we talking about? Quicksand. Quick <laughs>
1: yeah. I um, got flustered there. Well,
0: Quicksand is real. That's what we know. Okay. <laughs> It's not as strong as my love for you though
1: that wasn't as good as the last fuck you (laughs) so you forgot where you were didn't you
0: forgot what I wanted to say yeah so there's a lot of you know different different takes on on how he died and who he was but again this was this is the most popular one this is one that I saw most often Legend says after his death, his fiancee went to look for him and she was just wandering the beaches alone. So she came up upon a man who was dressed in gray and was astonished to recognize him when he turned around. He was standing there on the shore, staring out into the ocean. So he had told her the island that she and her family were staying on was not safe and they needed to leave. The next morning, her and entire family left for the mainland, and soon a massive storm had had hit and destroyed the island, and they came back t- to see the damage done once it had settled, mm-hmm. uh, only to find their home being one of the last structures to be standing.
1: Wait, their home was protected, their but home. everything else was destroyed?
0: Right. So it was a wealthy family who had, you know, had property down there, so... This guy was, when it was going up to Charleston to see her, that's where she, her and her family lived, but when they came down, they had another property. Yeah, so it was the only one left left standing. And his spirit has haunted the shores ever since. Hmm. I mean, a lot of people think that it's, you know, he's looking for his love.
1: But she was safe. Didn't he save her? Yeah. So he found his love. Right. And why is he still haunting looking for her? 'Cause that's what ghosts fucking do. You don't ever leave. Okay, I can't really argue with that explanation. I would say that's that's a good ex, ex exclamation.
0: Explanation. Jinx, you owe know, me a vodka.
1: We don't have a vodka, but we got some jack. <laughs> no, we don't even have that. We have Jim. Jim
0: and Captain. And Captain. That's what a fucking pirate looks like.
1: Did I tell you that I'm related to a pirate? Yes. I'm related to the first pirate that ever flew the Jolly Roger. His name was Robert Worley. Good for you. Do you know what the Jolly Roger is? It's a ship. No, It's the flag. It's the skull and crossbones flag.
0: Yeah. Good for him.
1: Robert Worley. Yep. On my dad's side. We're pirates. Worley. Explains why I worked on the pirate ship all those years.
0: That explains it's in, why? It's in it, my blood. Not because it was a job.
1: And the tips were really good? No, yeah. it couldn't possibly be that. Right, no. <laughs> Show a little leg, pour some booze on a pirate ship. Yeah, no, that's... Mm.
0: No, it's because it was in your blood. You were meant to be a bartender on a booze cruise.
1: Mm-hmm. I think my great, 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 whatever he is, would be very proud.
0: I'm sure he would.
1: Uh-huh. Sure he you would. are absolutely swindling those poor drunkards of their tip money. Right. Are you proud of me
0: for swindling? Yeah. Sure.
1: Suckers. <laughs> so is that your delightful story for today? No, I'm not done.
0: Oh. I barely even told you about him. Yet.
1: I was—you told me it was a short story, and way damn. you r- rounded that off, we I thought it was talking. done.
0: Just keep talking. Just keep talking. Just let me go.
1: It's what I do. You're gonna marry me. You know this already. Remember, you love me.
0: You can even let me say my vows.
1: I'll probably correct you while you're doing them. You you pronounce this word. I'm gonna get
0: a bottle of water, and then I'll do a spit take if you try to correct me. <laughs> Just remember that.
1: I'll wear waterproof makeup then.
0: I don't care. I'm aiming for your dress.
1: Well, I can't wear white.
0: Can't you? White's for virgins. You're not a virgin.
1: You act surprised.
0: You're not a virgin?
1: Who's getting laid tonight for sweet-talking me?
0: The power of Christ compels you.
1: Move on. Okay, continue your story, smartass.
0: So Most reports of him are, are positive. Uh, he has been hailed for saving lives and homes uh, by fair warnings of storms and natural disasters. Huh. He's another good ghost. I like these feel-good stories, you know?
1: I feel like a lot of ours, for the most part, are pretty feel-good.
0: Except for the ones that you do.
1: You think I do scary stuff?
0: Yeah, that's why you keep getting nightmares and being haunted by stuff. So people who witnessed the gray man described him as an ominous figure dressed in all gray that searches the coastline the night before a storm or a hurricane. So it's not like every day... Mm-hmm. He's just, just seen walking storms? around. Yeah. He was first seen in 1822, three years prior to the town government being established, incorporated. Um, And he was reported in 1989 before Hurricane Hugo hit the area. And the most recent reporting was in 2018, just before Hurricane Florence.
1: Hmm. So they actually have reports that it's not people coming forward after this saying, I saw him before it. It's pu- it's like an actual recording before the hurricanes or storms occur. They just happen to coincide. Both. Both. Oh, okay, so some people are coming forward afterwards saying, hey, right. I saw him.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, unless... Not everyone's going to believe you that some ghost is giving you a fair warning they're not just going to pick up their life when nothing else says that there's going to be a storm hitting you know
1: but if you've got 170 years or so of precedence here like
0: again but not everybody is going to be like all right you saw a ghost that told us to get up out of here okay you fucking lunatic
1: no but there are going to be some people are gonna some people absolutely it seriously
0: so he got national attention just after hurricane hugo had devastated the east coast when local residents jim and clara moore were interviewed on the television show unsolved mysteries
1: oh i remember that show yeah
0: i think they first aired in like the late late 70s early 80s or they first i remember came for sure in the 80s yeah
1: you wouldn't know I you do baby know. You wee baby
0: I know all these things. They claim to see the man on the beach and how he just vanished as they waved to him. So sometimes he doesn't even say anything. It's just his presence, right? Makes himself seen. Their house survived the storm while the homes in their neighborhood were severely damaged. Only their house was left standing.
1: It's almost like... He's a good omen for who does see him. Right. Like he's almost offering his protection to them.
0: Yeah. And there's some other people who who have seen the spirit say he saved their homes or them. Uh, either they come ashore and leave the area and come
1: <laughs> Did you not proofread your shit? I
0: think I just type something twice.
1: The look on your face is so good.
0: Okay, so either they come ashore after the storm or uh, leave the area and come back and to find their personals just pretty much untouched by the storm. All while the rest of the community is just... Trashed. Yeah. Garbage. Garbled. Garbage.
1: Looks like a frat house after a hard night of drinking.
0: Even worse.
1: That's pretty bad. Yeah,
0: man. There's a woman in 1954 who claimed to see the gray man ahead of the infamous Hurricane Hazel, which had hit the area. And she said not only was her house spared from the devastation, the beach towels she left on her balcony were still hanging up.
1: Oh, that's weird. It's almost
0: like homeboy just creates a force field
1: it's crazy i wonder how he would do that
0: i don't know, I don't know.
1: I maybe it's this, moses i picture this cartoony character that goes completely flat and then turns himself into like this big old force field that yeah this one like property. Um,
0: the incredibles
1: yeah yes like her when she turns into the parachute the bomb, yeah yes maybe <laughs> just like that
0: you know what I always wonder in hurricanes? It's how the fishies feel about it. Cause I'm, most of the little ones probably can't move, can't swim fast enough to get out of it.
1: Well, I bet you fishies Unless learn to fly. Deep.
0: You think so? I bet that you. That might be exciting. it
1: picks up water. So there's probably yeah. a fish up there like,
0: whoa. I wonder what the the fishy death toll rate is during a hurricane.
1: I'm not sure there's a statistic for that. I don't know, though. There's a statistic for freaking everything.
0: (laughs) So that's my story.
1: That's some interesting stuff.
0: Yeah. It's pretty cool. He's a good guy.
1: Yeah. Ghost force field. What what am I? What am I? Is that right? Force field, yes. Yeah. I don't know. You don't know. I don't. I tell thinking. us something you do know. I know. that.
0: Wait. What? I know something most important. What? I love you. Oh. Also, I need another drink.
1: Oh, well then we'll take a drink pause. I probably should have one too. Is this a or good time shouldn't... for
0: a drink pause? Yeah. Ready? Wow. Okay.
1: Okay. So I'll tell you something that I know
0: hit me with it sister
1: a... I'd say I love you too but I think you stole that already so I can't and then it's just
0: what did I steal
1: copycat no I I would steal it from you or you stole it whatever it doesn't matter I can't repeat it
0: but I said I love you and you didn't say anything back
1: I love you too
0: Why do you say it like that
1: No reason let's move on <laughs> don't look at me like that
0: (laughs) you're not getting laid tonight
1: (laughs) oh yeah so something i know is that there is a place called borvatnet vicarage in sweden and i probably butchered that but boruva it's spelled borgvatnet but i think it's pronounced borvatnet but i'm not i like
0: borgvatnet better
1: bravnet i don't know personally So, it's this little, itty-bitty, teeny-weeny blip of a village. It has a population of, like, 60 people. So, it's tiny. And when I look at it on the map, it's smack in the middle of Sweden. But if you look at any websites, they they all say it's in northern Sweden. I think they're lying. They're full of crap. Look at a map that is smack in the middle. Don't tell me lies.
0: Are you looking at the right country?
1: Yes, I double-checked because I did question myself. Yeah, thank you.
0: Okay. Did you triple-check? No, I doubled. You may want to choose a new story.
1: I, if double-tap double is enough for zombies, double-tap is enough for...
0: Double-tap's not... Triple-tap's not enough for Rio.
1: Oh, from Good Girls? I almost missed that reference. It's a good show. Yeah, that dude will live through anything. Anyway. So, this town that i'm not going to repeat the name of at this moment it, it's a really it's really picturesque location it is absolutely beautiful if you look at the pictures of it it's it's um it's right near lakes and it's pretty close to some mountains and the village has this old church that date backs to date oh my goodness i cannot english today dates back to the 18th century and it still holds services every other week so Not super regularly, but I guess when you only have 60 people and people got lives to live, they got shit to do, like go feed their cows. I don't know.
0: Imagine going to grade school there. Probably only be like three other people there.
1: If that, imagine if it's like a totally a boomer community. probably all
0: just like homeschool.
1: Maybe. So they have a website and I... This was the only website that I could really find from Sweden or from them that had information on anything that wasn't to do with the hauntings of the vicarage. Everything, because this place is so small, is just about the hauntings. So, what it said was, and this cracked me up, it was this cute little website. They only had like four things to do. It says, during winter, Borvetnet looks like a postcard the snow the view on the frozen lake it's an experience on its own having the gas station so close by is ideal for snowmobile tours on the lake you can go out for ice fishing if you are doing this for the first time a guide will show you how for a walk on the lake we have snowshoes for rent snowmobile drivers are welcome to a nice cup of coffee or a lunch in our one and only cafe in the whole town (laughs) Groups that are visiting Sweden are especially welcome during winter. For them, we organize a place to sleep, probably in one of the five houses that exist, Mm -hmm. breakfast and dinner from that same single cafe. We also arrange other activities, such as a jump in the frozen lake. No, thank you. I'd do it. You'd do it? Mm -mm. No, man, I can't take it. It was cold on Myrtle Beach when it was 65. I cannot do a frozen lake.
0: You need to grow a pair, jump in the bay, jump in the lake, and then lose them.
1: I'm a teeny tiny person with no meat on me. The cold is cold. That's
0: why they make blankets. Anyway, and I'm... heaters.
1: Yeah, and that's why I don't go jump in frozen lakes because I will turn into a popsicle.
0: That's why they make blankets and heaters. Okay,
1: thank you for that little piece of information. You have me convinced now. I have been swayed.
0: You're welcome. Let's go to Borgafnilth.
1: Borgafnilth. I don't don't know. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that even near correct. But, yeah, so their website was cute. They had a, a few things to do during the summer, but it's really... It's probably one of those you go out for a day trip. And if you really want a quiet place to stay, it's definitely... That's why I picked it, because it looked like... When you have one of those vacations where you really want to get away and be one with nature, this is the place to go. It's beautiful. And the Vicarage that I'll be talking about is set back on this really wooded lane. It's got its own little road and it sits up on a hill and there are all these woods in between it and the town. So it's quiet, huh. which just sounds amazing. Amaze. balls.
0: It's inappropriate for a podcast.
1: Seriously, I told you you were getting laid.
0: You're not going to leave that in.
1: It's totally getting left in. Are you kidding? Anyway. Yeah, so. Cute little place, right? But the Vicarage. The Vicarage. In case it wasn't squeaky enough already. Uh It was originally built in 1876. And it acted as a Vicarage for... um. The, like the local priests that would come and work at the church. Until the late 1970s. The late I don't think it even lasted that long. It might have been the 1940s. I have 1970s. But I think the last person there was in the 1940s. But now it's a bed and breakfast. And it's a restaurant and a cafe. And it's known as one of the most haunted buildings in the entire country. So it's this cute little building. I've seen it on a few times. Ghost- Hunting type shows. And Ghost Hunters International went there. So for the first 50 years. There weren't any reports of hauntings. But it doesn't mean. That there weren't things occurring. That would be cause for a haunting. There were two. Stories in particular. That people think contributed. To what is now. The main haunting occurring at the building. So the first story. It's. Of a vicar and his family, so it's Vicar Headland and his family that lived in the house. They only lived there for six years, from 1901 to 1907, and his wife, Marta Headland, the um, reportedly died giving birth to their eleventh child. Fuck that man! No way am I pumping out eleven kids. That right? How about ten? No. I have two. I don't know that I can do anymore.
0: I'm not going any lower than that.
1: So she dies during childbirth. I didn't see any record that the child actually died. I think it was just her, and the child survived. I don't know, but he was upset. Now he has eleven kids, right? And he's on his own, and he loved his wife, so he wants to keep her close to home. What does he do? He buries her in the backyard.
0: That's nice of him.
1: Yeah. You know, this teeny tiny town. That's true love. You were literally down the road from the church, and you could bury her in the cemetery there, but no, you want to keep her especially close. So he buries her in the backyard. And the villagers, you know, all the other, what, 49 of them at the time, I guess, (laughs) got really upset. So they demanded that he bury her in the cemetery. They're like, this is crap. You can't do that. Everybody has to be buried in one spot. We're all the same. Damn it. Right?
0: Yeah, those crazy Swedes.
1: I know. It's it's like he did mass murder and threw it in his backyard. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so they demand that he buries her in the cemetery. And he's like, sure, okay, I guess so. And then he pieced the fuck out the next day and disappeared with his kids and the corpse of his wife. So he dug her up, must have been like, in the middle of the night or something, digs her up, loads the cart up with the kids in 1907.
0: At least she took his kids.
1: How do you fit 11 kids? Where where would you, what would,
0: Were what kind babies? of vehicle
1: would you put them in? Were they young? Well, there are 11 of them. I'm sure they're at least like 12 to, to zero.
0: 12 to zero.
1: But yeah, if you're doing back-to-back kids, but even, you would have to have some space. So he had to have had. Giving the
0: Duggars kids. a run for their money, eh?
1: Right. A water slide just shooting out those babies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <A> water slide?
1: <laughs> do you think it sounds like.
0: <laughs> it
1: might. When shooting the baby like a spitball. I didn't just spill my alcohol. I would be alcohol based.
0: That's not a thing you do.
1: Nope. I got too into my story and I spilled it. Alright.
0: You need to chill.
1: I know. I always do. I need to calm down. Anyway. So, the second story that people think is possibly the cause of the haunting, uh, it's somewhere in the early 20th century, but I couldn't find an exact time. And this story says that an unmarried woman, she's 19 years old, was raped by a priest and she became pregnant. And I think she, there were varying stories, but I think she was like a maid in the house or something. So, she gets pregnant. And once she started to show, the priest decided to lock her in an enclosure in the backyard like freaking chattel. Like she's a cow or something, just locks her in the backyard. Right? Mm-hmm. When the baby's born, the woman wanted to get rid of it, so she just kills it and she buries it in the backyard where she's hanging out, you know? Seems like the logical place, I don't know. There were a couple different versions of this story, though, so I don't know how much. The first story, they absolutely have that account. That happened. He disappeared with his wife. With his wife's body. This one, there's most likely a woman that was raped by a priest. She got pregnant. But the variations of the story are like, she stayed in the house, and then she, you know, bashed the kid. It was awful. Like, postpartum style stuff. Which is not a joke at all. So those are the two main stories. But there were also at least five children that died in the house in the 76 years that it was used as a home. So it wasn't used as a home for that terribly long. I don't even know how long this village has been around. I don't think I have that. Nope, I don't. Just the vicarage. Five kids died in the house. I don't know if any of those were headlands. I didn't have any report whether that was the guy who lost his wife. Okay. So, in 1927, we get our first report of a haunting. Wow. Yes. And this comes from Chaplain nice Headland. Niece? Nice. Niece. It's spelled N-I-L-S, like Niles almost, but pronounced Nice. And this is one of Marta's sons. So, one of those 11 kids.
0: Uh huh.
1: It's one of her sons. He's a chaplain and he moves back home, apparently, in 1927. So, 20 years after his mother had died. So, he's reciting, reciting. he's residing in the house and he starts to notice some strange things that are occurring, like unusual, inexplainable noises. Uh, he sees laundry getting ripped from the line on calm days. And,. He said that he saw from a window, uh, he's looking out this window and he sees the laundry just get pulled off by some unseen force and it's just like aggressively yanked off that line, right? Uh. And he also reported the feeling of being watched and some unholy dreams, which apparently mean he was having dirty thoughts.
0: That's what it means?
1: Yeah, he wrote this down. It was like in a diary or some letters or something that he sent, but they have it documented that... These are when the hauntings first began. I kind of wonder if maybe he kick- started it if he's living in the place where his mother died and it was such a terrible thing dying by during childbirth is pretty horrific
0: uh-huh.
1: having him present there I wonder if that kind of kick started his mother or died. The his one mother yeah
0: the one who killed his mom
1: that I don't know like I said, I don't even have re- I couldn't Wouldn't find a report of whether it was the baby that she was birthing. Right, yeah. Survived, but I assume because they only talked about her passing away that that baby survived, and she didn't. Gotcha. Most of the time when you see these stories, they'll say, you know, mother and child died during childbirth, but... So that's where it all began. In the 1930s, his successor was Rudolf Tangden, And he and his wife would often complain of hearing music playing when she's trying to sleep or the sound of footsteps pacing the hallway outside of their bedroom, which I think I would find really unnerving. I would just be I would start to feel like there's somebody you, you think there's somebody there. It starts to drive you crazy. You wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to. Rudolph at one point was sitting in a room one evening and he noticed a woman in gray in the adjacent room and he was confused. So he got up to check who it was. But she disappeared. So he's thinking maybe it's like a parishioner that came up to the house and came inside and was looking for him.
0: Oh, Just sitting in the room?
1: No, she was like walking, I think, in an adjacent room and he was sitting there. So he gets up to go look and find out who's there. And then uh-huh. she just disappeared. And she's still seen to this day. And she's often, um, she's often associated with the sound of laughter, crying, or music, which are... Three very different things to associate her with. It's not like she's always happy or always sad. She's She's PMSing. Is that what you think PMSing (laughs) is like? It is. You're so well experienced with that, aren't you? Yeah. Very knowledgeable. Moving on.
0: I've lived with PMSers my whole life. (laughs) From an outside perspective, yes. That's what it's like.
1: I'm going to move on from that comment. Uh-huh. The couple also reported having objects like rocks, marbles, dishes, and even knives thrown at them. So there's a story that a woman came to visit one of the families that live there. And I, this one I found a couple of disagreeing, um, well, differing accounts. The one site that said that she visited the Tangdens, so the people that were there in the 30s, and then another one said that she visited the vicar that resided there right after the Tangdens. So I'm not really 100% positive. She So she came to visit and she stayed in the guest room overnight and she woke up at 3am.
0: The witching hour.
1: The devil's hour. Ooh. She woke up to the feeling of being watched and she said that she sat up and she saw what looked like three women that were dressed in black and crying sitting shoulder to shoulder to shoulder on a couch on the other side of the room and she freaked out and she pieced the fuck out because I guess what happened was so she left the next day she got really upset she's laying in bed she sees these three women on the couch and the couch was there when she went to bed. so She gets really upset, tries to fall back asleep, wakes up the next morning, and the couch that was in the room is gone. And it's not like anybody's just coming into your room and moving out of the couch without you knowing.
0: Especially when you're on high alert like that. Yeah, right? How could you fall asleep after that?
1: I know. That's what I always think. I would be wide awake the whole rest of the night. When you, It's not like you saw one ghost. You saw three of them. And they're in a line sitting there right across from you. That would be so unnerving. Freaky deaky. Then Eric Lindgren resided in the home in the 1940s and he was the last vicar to actually live there. Shortly after moving in, he was tired and he decided to rest and have a read while he was sitting on a rocking chair. A read? Yeah, have a read. Read a book. So the rocking, chair, the rocking chair came with the house. It's something that got passed down through the generations within the property. He said that he was aggressively pushed out of the chair and fell to the floor. So kind of startled thinking maybe he'd tipped the chair somehow or something. He got back up and sat in the chair again. But when he did, he said he felt a strong force enter his body.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Didn't say what happened after that. I couldn't find any reports of, you know, whether anything crazy happen after that or if he tried to exercise himself or what happened
0: did he move out
1: he ah, i think this was shortly before he left yeah
0: oh maybe
1: he experienced this experienced this in like 1947 and left in 1948 maybe perhaps maybe the
0: demon took over and went to go fuck up the rest of the world
1: i'm not sure That the demon really needed to work that hard on the rest of the world. It's already fucked up, man.
0: Not back then.
1: 1940s? Yeah. World War II.
0: It was a beautiful place. In Sweden?
1: So, reportedly, this chair can still be seen rocking. Because it's still there. Why? Why is it still there? It's part of the history of the place. Why not?
0: Burn that shit, man.
1: Well, at this point... It's an interest piece, isn't it?
0: I guess that's the last thing that town's holding on to, right? In the cafe.
1: The cafe that's inside the building, I think, or attached to it now. In the 1980s, a guy calling himself a ghost priest, which sounds super legit, right? Ghost priest claimed that he could get rid of the haunting. He said that he felt the village practiced too much occultism because the one and only village shop sold many angels and devils and thought, so he thought he could clean the place of its darkness.
0: By getting rid of the figures?
1: No, he thought he'd basically do um, a town-wide or village-wide exorcism. And I saw, again, I saw a couple different accounts. Some said that he was around for a year trying to exorcise the place. And didn't have any luck, so he quit. And another villi- or another website said that the villagers got irritated with him for saying that they were occultists because they believed in angels and devils, and they basically ran him out of town. Either way, he really didn't have any luck, and clearly wasn't that great at his job because if he was there for a year, right, and it's one freaking haunted place, <laughs> like. Maybe this is not truly your calling. (laughs) Just speculating here.
0: Maybe he's better off repairing upholstery or something.
1: He went on, I think he went on and wrote a book about this or something. I don't know. Apparently, he was a very interesting character. I didn't really look into him because I wasn't that interested. I was more interested in what was going on at the building. So, since becoming a bed and breakfast, there have been reports of shadow people. Footsteps, a woman screaming, crying, knocking sounds, and covers being pulled off of sleeping guests, which would be gross. I would flip the fuck out if something pulled the covers off of me while I was sleeping. I think I could handle the sounds, like it would make me uncomfortable, but I could get over it. But if something pulls my covers off, I'm gonna freak. (laughs) I don't know that I could stay there.
0: Yeah, hearing is a bit different than feeling.
1: I don't know. Just, yeah. growing up, the covers were the thing that protected me. And having an unseen. They still un- are. An un- I, c- I can't see this being an unseeable, unvisible, invisible, invisible? Unvisible. Unvisible. I do, I see, I told you I do this good. I do the English. Someday I'm going to teach people and they're going to think, oh, wow, goodness. she's so smart. <laughs> Not. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, that would freak me out. Like, you if you steal my shield, fuck you, man.
0: You steal my socks.
1: Right now. Yeah. (laughs) My
0: shield (laughs) protects me from the cats.
1: So one couple reported that they were walking down the stairs when something grabbed the man's arm and he was dragged all the way down the stairs and out into the yard. And they refused to re-enter the house. I guess they spent the day like camped out in the backyard and they just never went back in the house. Why
0: would you even stay in near the property?
1: I don't know how close this is to anything else. I think it's a bit of a drive because I, if I recall correctly, Ghost Hunters International did an episode and it took them a little while to get there. There's, It's not like they could easily get From out of the town. From the town? Yeah. Well, no, it's like there's this little town and then there's nothing else around it for a long time. Well, it's really why would kind you of stay
0: outside the crib, though? Go, so, go to the cafe here or something. Or the somebody cafe's else's attached house. to the house, I think. Okay, go to somebody else's house.
1: Yeah, just go camp in somebody's front yard. Like, don't I'm understand. sorry, this place is too haunted. They might. You might be better off in the woods. I don't know. Uh,
0: better see. chance fighting Bigfoot than you do.
1: We need to do a Bigfoot episode.
0: I know. You said this earlier. Yeah,
1: I'm excited to do a Bigfoot episode. There were also a lot of reports of waking to the feeling of cold hands on guests foreheads. So almost like somebody's checking, your, checking temperature. your temperature. Yeah. Or pressure like someone's pushing down on the center of their chest. Which I think that would be a little bit unnerving feeling like somebody's pushing your chest into the to the bed. Oh, yeah, Ghost Hunters International, I do have this in my notes. They visited in 2008. And two investigators experienced a vibrating bed. (laughs) Oh. Not like the motel. sounds like a good time. (laughs) I think it was unplanned. You couldn't put the quarters in. So this is, it's not supposed to be a naturally vibrating bed. it's the best though. In another room, two others noticed bed sheets getting pulled on and, and they claimed that they saw a black figure standing in a corner. I watched the videos of this and they also captured the sound of a woman's voice on an EVP. It was really faint and hard to hear, but you, it was there. i I could pick it up and then so they didn't really capture a huge amount that was um i would say evidence a lot of it was personal experiences that they couldn't put on film per se but another ghost hunting group uh this one from sweden investigated and they started having things happen before they even finished setting up so i watched a good chunk of this video, and they had to have subtitles on the bottom because, of course, I don't speak Swedish fluently or at all. It's a really cool language. What's
0: your game up, bro.
1: It's a cool language. It makes me. Th- you ever play Age of Empires? No. No, it's an old computer game. Age of Empires. To me, it just sounds like they're all play speaking Swedish. Play RuneScape too. I may have missed. Man, that was a good game. Anyway. Swedish. It's a beautiful language. Okay. I don't speak it though. So, um, one guy felt like something was tugging on his pants almost immediately, like walking in, they felt as they're setting up like something's almost pulling his pants off. And then during the investigation they caught the sound of quiet crying, and I could hear this in the background. It just sounds like somebody's calling kind of like,
0: So vibrating beds and trying to take pants
1: off. Yep.
0: Sounds like a place I would crying. love to be.
1: And then they have this like little music box that would start playing when, supposed, when something would break this beam of light. Okay. So. They just sh-
0: really got to make it creepy, don't they?
1: Yeah, right. Like I you know. You can't just
0: have a buzzer that goes off or anything.
1: So this music box would play almost like something was standing in the beam of light and it would on and off and on and off and they caught that multiple times during the night. So. That was, it was weird, but I haven't seen any hard, hard evidence of like pictures or anything that scream, hey, this place is haunted, but it is reportedly the most haunted place in Sweden. And that is the Bordovatnet Vicarage in Bordovatnet, Sweden.
0: (laughs) Vicarage. Vicarage. It's a good name.
1: So I heard you have a... Listener story for us from Chris from State of Fear Podcast. So this was the guy that we were talking about. He and his co-host at the beginning of the episode. Yes. He sent us a listener story. And I actually did not read all the way through this because I didn't want to be spoiled.
0: He didn't want to be spoiled.
1: No, I want to be surprised. <laughs> I want it to be genuine. I don't know what's going on.
0: Okay. So he starts it off. Uh, this January of 2013 at the Palace Theater. Uh He says, my group, West Houston Paranormal Society, went to Palace Theater in Seguin, Texas. Seguin? 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 Seguin?
1: I don't know. I'm not Texan.
0: I'm not either. To do an overnight investigation. It's a play in cinema theater built in 1916 and has been owned by the H.A. Daniels family since the 1930s. The theater plays host of the typical supposed experiences, scratches, shadow people, weird noises, etc. Another side note, the location is only 15 miles from a bridge off Interstate 10 called Woman Hollering Creek. The state of Texas named that bridge for the legend of La Llorona, La Llorona, what she said. Or the weeping woman.
1: Let me, let me read it. I've heard of it.
0: Story goes that there were so many reports of crying and moaning reported that they named the creek after her. So, okay. So, finally, my experience. It happened during the last hour of our investigation. I was in the main part of the theater with a fellow investigator. We had the laser grid light set up in the back reaching towards the stage. And we had taken seat in the back left side facing the stage. We were sitting about five seats apart in the same row and watching the dots for any distortion. I was slumped down a little in my chair with my arms crossed, feet apart, about shoulder width, and did something I'd done on many, many investigations before. I fell asleep.
1: In the middle of the night. I'm not surprised. (laughs) It has to get boring there sometimes.
0: Yeah. Immediately, I went into a sleep paralysis episode. I knew that my eyes were closed, but I could still see the entire theater exactly as it was when I was awake. Although, with a sort of hazy look to everything, like I was looking through a filter. I was not able to move my body, but I could turn my head, in my dream of course, and I looked to my right to see the other investigator still in their chair. Then I looked back to the front, and that was when I noticed my view was obstructed by darkness. I looked up and saw standing between my feet, A shadow person.
1: You love your shadow people, don't you, babes? Right there? Well, that's, I mean, mm -mm.
0: I could see the head and shoulders. It was almost six feet tall. Suddenly, I got this feeling that it knew I was aware of its presence and was looking at it. As soon as I got that feeling, this thing, in a super fast motion, bent forward and put its face, nose to black nose, with me. Then suddenly, it entered me through my head like black smoke entering my body my arms suddenly started feeling like like electricity was going through them think of how a body fart feels when it falls think of how a body part feels when it falls asleep but 10 times more intense and it was only
1: my arms oh god and he's he's got sleep paralysis so he can't Mm -hmm. move and this thing is like coming into his body and he can't (laughs) escape it yeah he probably can't even make a sound that other people can hear
0: Uh i turned my head toward the other investigator and started trying to yell for her knowing that if i could yell it would wake me up and break the sleep paralysis spell i was not able to yell no matter how hard i tried for what seemed like forever but was probably a few seconds i struggled to get this thing out of my body Finally it was flung from my body and that exact same time a thud came from the lobby behind us and it was loud enough to wake me from my spell. After that happened I went outside and paced back and forth recounting everything that just happened to try and explain to try and explain it away or rationalize it. To this day I still get sleep paralysis but have never experienced anything like it. This next part is in from his childhood in, in El Paso. So I spent a good amount of my childhood years growing up in Holbrook, Arizona. My little brother and I shared a bunk bed at the time. I slept on the top and he on the bottom. In one winter, a strong snowstorm blew in, closing down the town for a couple of days. During the second night of the storm, I awoke to see a cloudy mist-like form walking through the bed or walking towards the bed from the other side of the room. I didn't sit up. I was lying in the bed. And could see it in the space between the safety rail and the mattress.
1: He had a safety rail.
0: The boys do too. A safety rail is just like the fence. At the edge of the bed so you don't fall off.
1: Oh I guess I think of those like little toddler safety rails. That makes more sense. You got me on that one.
0: Yeah. It had a human form. Head, shoulders, down to the knees and toes. Knees and toes. Hey, and, sl- and, <laughs> <laughs> and it was walking slowly towards us. I could see its leg moving as it walked. To an eight-year-old, it was terrifying, and the only thing I could think to do was shut my eyes tight and pray it go for my brother since he was on the bottom bunk.
1: <laughs> That's a good brother for you. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: I went back to sleep, and in the morning, everything was fine, including my brother el paso in 2006 now another odd occurrence happened in el paso at a new house i moved into back in 2006 with my sister this house had everything we were looking for and the price on the deposit kept going down every time we spoke with the realtor it was only a year it was only a year old and hadn't been lived in yet the owner lived in another state and kept it strictly as a rent house not long after we moved in did unusual things happen The front door was a heavy wooden door with a heavy gate outer door. We always kept the gate door locked, and one time my sister came down to find the front door wide open, gate still locked. She was the only one home.
1: Ew. Ew. No. Uh Uh-uh. That's creepy as hell. I don't like that.
0: Yeah. Our oldest dog would sit at the bottom of the stairs up to the second floor. My sister's part of the house and just stare up at nothing. My room was on the ground floor. One night I was home alone and in my room trying, to f- trying out a new night vision camera I had bought for ghost hunting. I was used to the creaks and groans of the house settling and had always ignored them. However, that night while in my room, I heard bumps from upstairs so loud I thought someone had broke in. I grabbed my baseball bat and went upstairs ready to swing away, only to find nobody there. Another weird thing that happened in that house had to do with the light in my room. It was a dimmer light and had a remote. You could turn the light on and off with the wall switch, but the only way to dim it was to press and hold the button on the remote till you reached the amount of dim you wanted. Several times, maybe once every three weeks or so, I'd wake up at around 2 or 3 a.m.
1: Ew, that again. Again,
0: man. And find the light not only on, but dimmed. Once it was dimmed to its lowest setting, just before turning off. Several of those times, I'd find the remote under my bed. Under? Under the bed.
1: He looked under his bed? I'm
0: sure he's looking for I a remote for it, yeah.
1: I would be straight up pussy that would not look under the bed. <laughs> like, no way.
0: <laughs> the weirdest event that sticks in my mind happened one night while I was home alone. It's not anything scary or dramatic, but I still find it interesting. I was home one night doing homework at the dining room table. My sister had three small dogs, two females and one male that were brought in at night and slept in a large pet crate by the front door. That night, after putting them in the crate and sitting back down, the male, Duke, started a rather low growl.
1: How was that name again? Duke. You were like, Duke. Duke. Duke.
0: The male. Duke.
1: Started this, a little growl. Yeah, sorry.
0: This was not like him at all. Of the three usually female of the three usually females were the loud barking ones. He really barked much less growled. I called out Duke, shut up and he stopped for a second and started back up, this time a bit louder. I decided to try and ignore him and just focus on work, but he went on for a couple more minutes with a steady growl. I got up, walked over to the crate, banged on the front gate, and yelled at him to shut up. Before I even sat back down, he started up again. Getting frustrated, but also remembering all the weird stuff that had happened in the house, I turned in my chair towards the crate and, just for the hell of it, said, Would whoever is bothering the dogs please shut up? I'm trying to study and it's distracting me. In a calm voice. Imagine my surprise when, as soon as I asked the question out loud, Duke stopped growling and didn't growl again for the rest of the night. Huh. That's weird.
1: Do you remember, what was it, last night? right after we got home. Otto started freaking out at the corner again.
0: Yeah, he does that. Everywhere. He stares at the ceiling. He did did it down in the basement, too. Maybe he's just a spaz.
1: Maybe you're just a spaz. Maybe he's actually seeing what's really going on, and the world is just swirling with spirits.
0: Maybe he's just a spaz.
1: I would appreciate it if I could just be able to say to the ghosts that have been bothering me down here. Like, yeah, campus, homie, Joe, come on now. Uh. Come on, man. I'm trying. I'm trying. Have to you focus asked on... them? I did the one night. Did it work? Yeah, you know what? Things got pretty quiet after that.
0: There you go. Just be polite. Yeah. I was so surprised by it. I'd sit there in my chair for a minute and just finally shrugged my shoulders and said, huh, and finished my homework. We had more things happen during the year we lived there, but it never felt menacing. Funny little epilogue. After we moved out and moved to Houston, I got a call from, her, from the realtor of that house asking if we had ever had any problems with the cable lines. The new family who moved in and couldn't get a single TV to work anywhere in the house and had a cable tech come out who couldn't find anything wrong with the lines. He also said that they had issues keeping doors closed in the house. The realtor's next question made me smile. You don't think the house the house is haunted, do you? At that point, I told him about the experiences we had in the house and told him if the family wanted to have the house investigated, I could give them the info of a group I worked with out there.
1: That's weird. Uh, the next people, that's kind of cool that the landlord contacted him about that. Yeah. They're like, yo, there were problems with the doors. Did you guys... Did you guys have issues, too? Is this something I should have replaced and I just didn't know about, probably, is what he's thinking as a landlord. Well, it was about the cable lines at first. Well, right, the cable lines, but he also said doors wouldn't stay closed. Yeah. And that's definitely weird that none of your TVs are going to work, but that could be like a local cable issue provider. Well, they said
0: that they, they had a technician come out.
1: I know. I'm just saying. Like, as the landlord's point of view. That could be just something easily explained, but then having issue with the doors. Yeah. He's probably thinking, Oh gosh, was there some is there a foundation issue? Is it, what's going on? Why are the doors not staying closed? And then thinking, Oh wait a minute. Is there something more going on here? A ghost. Oh, so, yeah. How would you handle that as a landlord? I don't know.
0: Well, I think it was the realtor, wasn't it?
1: yeah. yeah.
0: I mean he already got the household, so he don't give a fuck.
1: <laughs> I I as think long as Chris, out of Chris Still does investigation. I don't know where he's at. I think he's down in Texas cuz I know he works with Bad Wolf Entertainment and they're down in Texas. But Makes I'm sense. Not 100% positive that that's where he's from. Never asked. Spoken to him several times, I just don't know that. Not like, yo, what's up down there in Texas? The Lone Star State, yeah, always makes me think of Sheldon Cooper. 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 P for Houston, P for Austin, yeah, Uh P for the state my heart got lost in. It always makes me think of his "I'm taking a piss" rhyme. Uh (laughs) I don't know why. Sorry, Texas.
0: (laughs) You don't mean nothing else than Sheldon Cooper.
1: Well, thank you for sharing your story, Chris. That was that was some interesting stuff.
0: Donker brother.
1: Those are great. I love getting the personal stories. And don't forget, if you want to have your personal stories read on the show, you can send them to us at drinkdrunkdeadpodcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you guys because I personally, I really enjoy these. I think they're some of the best to get the... It's not something that you're finding on the internet. It's something that's coming directly from another human. Mm -hmm. This was my experience. We have a few to read for the upcoming episodes, but we'd always love to hear more, so go ahead and send them. You can also find us at Twitter, find us at Twitter, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DrinkDrunkDead, and good God, this cat just farted in my lap, it is so uh,
0: uh,
1: bad. Oh my God. It is terrible.
0: Emmett. That's been ripping him real bad.
1: Oh my God, I think I might throw up. That's thing. Yeah, so find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Drink Drunk Dead. Don't forget about us. If you want to enter for a chance to win a Visa gift card and some goodies from us, you can rate and review us on iTunes or retweet an episode clip with a comment and then take a screenshot of either of those and email them to us again at podcast at gmail.com and that'll get you entered. The contest... No.
0: The Visa gift card will help you pay for all this overpriced toilet, toilet, paper?
1: toilet paper. Yeah, right? <laughs> if you'd rather us, rather we send you toilet paper, you just let us know and we'll that make that That is acceptable. So the contest ends on Sunday, March 29th. So that's a week from the day that this episode comes out. So, yeah. Enter. In that. Have some fun. I don't think we've gotten any entries just yet, but this is also pretty new at the time of this recording, so... So I think those are our paranormal vacations and our wonderful listener story. Thank you very much, Chris, at State of Fear Podcast. And let's raise raise a a toast toast to our ghosts. ghosts.